Don't ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This matcha is fucking good. Social dynamics, relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my podcast friends? It is Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio where we take it from the YouTube live stream, where you guys can get your questions answered on anything around dating, relationships, and social dynamics in the world of human interaction. The Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter is now being released, something that you guys have been asking for quite some time. You know, it's just a quick sip of social dynamics and what I'm currently exploring before your weekend dive. It could be an exchange from one of my clients and I, it could be a quick tip for you going out, it could be anything in the world of dating, social dynamics, relationships, human interaction, and then just all the other cool shit, whether it be around fitness, other podcasts that are blowing my mind, updates to the resources of wisdom where i'm gonna be able to let you guys know when new anime docos uh music quotes books etc get added to it yeah it's just a quick sip so it's free all you have to do is head to boldoja.com drop your email in there and you'll receive the very next sip hot and fresh this delicious episode is brought to you by boldoja.com where you guys can pick up my ebook the toolbox of game crash course to kick ass day game get you out there get your day game sorted Pair it up with a 30-day challenge and you will be sweet. You can also book one-on-one Skype coaching where we dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to help you move forward in your life. You you can get infill breakdowns, you can have HD recorded sessions so you don't have to worry about taking notes. You can also gain access to the Bowl Inside, which is priority messaging, which means you get access to me on my private WhatsApp number. You also get access to priority bookings, so you won't be waiting forever to get your session booked in. Finally, you can book in for those deep, immersive boot camps, the Day Game Foundation of Boot Camps. Have the path of illumination laid out for your social skill set. You know, it's about attaining the freedom of choice in your dating life, to be able to see a woman anywhere that you are, anytime, anywhere, no matter how you're feeling, and be confident that you know exactly how to run this interaction, bring the best of yourself, the best of your 50, convey that direct, congruent, authentic, masculine intent. Yes, sir. Bootcamp is just the foundations of that and the work to come, which you will be uh, heavily, heavily involved with me for the 12 weeks after that. So... Serious inquiries only, or via boldojo.com. Now, if you guys would like to donate anything to support this channel, you can do so directly through boldojo.com. In the podcast section, there's a donate button at the top. You can donate directly from there, or if you prefer PayPal, there's also paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. All the links are down below, and anything that you guys do contribute goes straight back to the channel. I super appreciate it. I'm very grateful. It blows my mind. So thank you very much. And with that being said, it's time to dive into this social Q&A live. Let's go. He says, hey man, I live in X city, let's just say somewhere in Australia. I'm 20 years old and recently discovered Cold Approach. I've been doing a lot of research on Cold Approach, lots of theory. And now I feel this absolute sickening feeling in my stomach when I thought about going out into the city and doing Cold Approach. Do you have any tips to reduce nervousness slash awkwardness? The biggest thing I'm afraid is creeping the chick out. So... He sent this to me like, I think at the beginning of the week and I responded to him with a voice chat. And so this, like I said, this, this video we're going to go into today, the two things we're going to dive into. Number one, uh, understanding why in fact this guy is getting nervous and awkward around girls, which just comes down to the perception of value. We'll tack that up first and then part two, the tactical game plan as to what he needs to do to, uh, to actually change this and to actually rid himself, cure himself, uh, alleviate himself of it, you know, the game plan. But part of my response to him, which was in a voice chat, which I won't play, uh, it's not necessary, but is that he's not really supposed to be watching this video right now. And that's what we'll kind of wrap up towards the end. Anyways, I honey dick you with that. 
Let's get into this shit. So, I mentioned before, I mentioned before, let's start up with it. Part one, why? It's very important to understand why a dude gets nervous and awkward around an attractive woman. And it really just comes down to the perception of value. And I want to give you guys a question right now. Do you ever get nervous and awkward around your friends or family? You know, and generally speaking, no. Around your best mates, are you ever nervous and awkward? Generally speaking, not. With your work colleagues, with the people you see day in and day out at uni, at work, at school, at work, etc. Do you ever get this nervousness and awkwardness? No, no, not really. Why is this? Because you've seen them. Because you've seen them. Now, I'm going to park that because that's a much deeper philosophical thing that will come later on. But just keep that in your mind. You've seen them. And on a more superficial level... You understand this one concept of the baby effect, which again, I'm kind of honey-dicky on that. I've got much more to explain before I get to the baby effect, which is actually the the wrap-up of how to change your perception of value. So anyways, come back in. Let me me step you back up. So why is it that when you get around uh, your dime piece, down that, getting that coconut oil, which I said some of of that this morning, Uh, when you're in that mall and you see that absolute straight stunner walk by, when you're in the bar, you see the most attractive group of girls there, and all of a sudden, it's a, it's like it's, it's a it's a pre onset. The onset begins before you even get onto them. But then, for sure, when you do actually summon the courage to get up to these girls, you just you're not yourself. You're unable to be centered and grounded. You're unable to just freely uh, let loose with threads of conversation and allow your the best of your fifty to flow through as you normally would with your friends and family, work, colleague, uni, et cetera, et cetera. Well, what's happening here, my friend and Z, is that your perception of value has now changed and that you perceive that these attractive girls are of much higher value than you, right? On many different levels. It can be both physical, but a lot of times just social hierarchical base for sure. And with this changing of perception of value, of course you get nervous, of course you get awkward. You're essentially treating them as beings that are worth more. But when you're around beings that you treat as worth the same, you're on the same level as, well, there's no reason to be nervous. There's no reason to be awkward. So that's the first thing I'd bring his mind to is that it's purely just a perception of value. Now, you might now next thing goes to, well, how would I change this perception of value? And this is what I mentioned before, the baby effect. And we're going to get into some stories here as well. Uh, there are some key stories here I have, and but hold on, the baby effect, because I'll, I'll try to keep it, uh, try to keep it more sharp, uh, sharp at the beginning. Because when we get on stories, we get on stories. So uh, the baby effect. This is what I had to do for myself, because I used to be afflicted by this big time. I used to have this same rift, the same chasm in perceiving these really attractive girls, whether it be in the mall, whether it be in the, in the club, in the uh, clubs or the bar as being just much higher value than me. And if I got around them, like there's just ethereal beings. I've always referred to these ethereal beings like in that way, uh, these unicorns. But it's just not the case. And it's not the case when you understand that we all came out of the womb. And so this is something that I teach uh, regularly. Something I teach regularly, the baby effect, is that one of the greatest ways of altering your perception of value is just getting right down to it and realizing that, yeah, this attractive girl in front of you, She's just a baby. She's just a baby. And you hear me say this again and again throughout my content. These these tens, these tens in quotes, they're just babies. Oh wait, hold up. Fuck. <laughs> I forgot uh 
This is the first time that's happened. I, f I forgot to um, hit record on my recording software. So uh, welcome podcast people. <laughs> oh shit. I actually, I don't think I can do anything about that. So for the first, I don't know how long we've been going for. For the podcast people, you're only just joining in on now because I realized that this is not recording. So for the YouTube live stream people, you guys have been watching from the beginning because that's just live. But uh, <laughs> but I just realized I forgot to hit, uh, I came in too hot. I forgot to hit recording on my record software. So uh, welcome podcast people. You probably just missed the first five minutes of the uh, of this stuff. That's okay. We only just got started. So good thing I caught that early. Otherwise, that would have been slightly a bit of a balls up only a slight balls up okay so anyways getting back on here so the baby effects uh where was i with that yeah you just a baby it's one of the especially when you go out at night because in the day girls are not as aggressively attractive and when i say aggressively attractive they're not dressed down you know most girls during the day are not wearing uh, skirts or dresses that come right up to the hips that uh, their tits aren't out for the boys that you know they don't got dressed up or makeup their hair's not did so they're not as aggressively attractive but in the night they are that's the expectation and that's just what you see so it hits you in the face a lot more and so it's even more important at night to start viewing and changing your perception of value and altering how you view reality through this lens of the baby effect and you call it the baby lens and I don't remember when I quite invented this or I came up with it, but I do remember, I remember one of the first times I was introduced to this altering of value perception. And it was with Matt, shout out to Matt, my boy, rest in peace, who I remember one day when I was first coming out, I think we probably would have been about 20 and we were going out, it was a typical day game session. I think it's like a Saturday or a Sunday. We just going out together. We went out for a day and we were in this uh, food court. And it's food court in Adelaide. It was Rundle Place food court. And we're down there just like near the sushi place. And we were eating. And I remember Matt was just talking to me. And I remember how we got onto this. But it was this first time he introduced to me this concept that these people all around us, they're no different than us. They're no different to us. And, and I remember him saying really specifically to me, I remember to this day, which is Adam, look at these clouds. <laughs> look at these clouds. I'm like, what do you mean, look at these clouds? He's like, Adam, just look around. That guy over there with his fucking burrito, he's just a clown. All these guys are clowns. What are we so afraid of? And so we spend like the next like five minutes just like looking around us and observing all these people and just going, and I remember like laughing. Like, and it was very reassuring, but also very funny at the same time. The way that Matt would perceive people as clowns. The way he would say it is like, look at this clown. He's just like a regular guy, right? And you know, he's not he's not going up to his face and saying he's a clown, but it just it 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 brought him down to our level. It brought him down to the level of a humanness in which that, yeah, he might be, yeah, he might be this rich business dude. She might be this absolutely stunning fitness model, but and the way Matt would perceive it, just, we're all just clouds. We're just a joke. And I remember we would sit there laughing at people. They would have no idea why, but we would just be there laughing at people. And then I remember that particular day, he introduced me to this concept. I remember there was a girl sitting at uh, like a table, like a bench directly behind us. And I was just like so empowered with this like clown mentality of just viewing all beings as clowns. Like this don't take people so seriously is essentially the lesson here. So I'm like, why wouldn't I go up to this girl? Why wouldn't I go to this attractive girl? What, what's there to be afraid of? 
why do I need, why would I be nervous and awkward around this girl who just like me is just a bit of a clown? Oh, just a bit of a clown. And so I went up to this girl and uh, had a great interaction with her. And ever since that day on, I, I, I realized that a lot of my nervousness and awkwardness pre going up to a girl was pretty much because I just perceived her as higher value than me and something special. She that unicorn. And then through my own journey, I evolved this concept into, well, the baby effect. And in a lot of my uh, night game workshops, because it's very important at night to hit guys with this, still important during the day, but it's just like I said before, not as aggressive. When you go out in the day, you're not hit with straight stunners, dime pieces every five seconds. Like It's not like that during the day. But at night, that's what it is on, on tap. So you have to very quickly overcome this perception of value. And you, in fact, cannot have a good night out. And you cannot go out there and work on your social dynamics and bring the best of your 50 and have any chance of overcoming your nervousness and awkwardness with these girls if you cannot, in fact, change the perception of value. So I'll say to guys this, listen, where'd you come from? Where'd you come from? Sit with these guys, like five, 10 guys, sometimes more uh, in this like little seminar room in like an apartment in our lobby just before we go out and, uh, and they'll be like, what, what, what do you mean where we come from? I'm like, where'd you physically come from? How did you enter this world? Oh, I guess from my mom. Hey, you came from the womb. Now let's just, let's just, just fast forward our minds here. Let's say we get into the club tonight. And we hit up that dance floor and there's always that first 10 group of five, six, seven, 10 girls there, uh, really attractive girls. Now, where did they come from? Well, where I came from. They came out of the womb, didn't they? Yeah, they came out of the womb. So they're no different than you. Your perception and the way that you perceive them as higher value is based on the surface level. You're just looking at what you see. You're looking at what you see and interpreting that as something as much more than it actually is worth. Right? A girl's looks, a girl's uh, social clout and the people she's with, when you actually get to know her and if you actually just got to wake up with her on a Sunday morning and you went out for, for uh, some smashed avocado and a hot cup of matcha or you went out for a hike or you went, you went down to the, to the beach and did a cold plunge, you went into the sauna, whatever, you just did normal shit. What you realize is that these girls you are so deathly intimidated of are just regular people. Yes, they might look like unicorns. They might look like magical, ethereal beings, hence why you are so nervous and awkward because you have placed them on such a high level of value. Their hierarchical position uh, in this in society, you, you put them there. You pedestaled them. You gave her the she's so cool syndrome, which we talk about in the Bolsip Weekly email this week. Uh, so, of course, you're going to be nervous and awkward. But what if for a second, Jeffrey, what if for a second you could just alter that lens just tonight, not even for the rest of your life, just tonight, and you just view them all as babies now? Babies? What do you mean? Like little, like crying little pieces, crying little globules that just take shits and piss everywhere? Not quite. Not just that. Not, what I'm, not baby. Maybe, that's, maybe that, that's actually pretty funny, so maybe that would help you. But more so to the point of, that they came out of the womb just like you did. They are regular human beings. There is nothing special about them. That girl right there that is blowing your fucking mind, she is just one of seven billion, just like you are. Okay, she is a baby. So there's two concepts to the baby effect or two ways of, of really using it is number one, realizing that we all came out of the womb. There were nothing special. 
And then part two, the funny part of it is that when you start to view girls as babies, you don't take anything they say seriously. And I do this largely, by and large, with everyone. This is a value, perceived value alterer. And it's a way of changing this lens with everyone. Because it's not just attractive women that you get nervous and awkward with. It's also guys you perceive to be on a higher level than you. You put them and attribute far too much value to them. And you get nervous and awkward around those guys as well. You can apply this to everyone. And when you start to see all beings as babies, it's that you don't take anything they say too seriously. And really importantly, Z, and so you guys listening in on this uh, Q&A live right now, you don't give too much weight to any reception, whether it be positive or negative. Whether, they, whether they're firebirds and they light you up the moment you step to these absolute dime faces and they're fucking loving you and, and you're feeling that energy and you're feeling the sexual connection between you two and it's just, it's amazing. You don't ride too high on that. Well, these, they're just babies, right? They're just babies. They're, I don't want to take anything they say too seriously here, whether it be good nor bad, you know, positive nor negative, hot nor cold. You get the coldest of receptions. You get absolute ice queens. These ice turtle shells that are giving you nothing. I don't want to have a bat of this, all right? Either way, it doesn't matter. Or that's just a baby having a tantrum right now, okay? And you hit these girls with the baby effect. And so I want to wrap this first part up with here. <clears throat> Summarize, well, actually, I haven't gotten to any of these stories. I'll wrap it up with this. Listen, in my last 26 years of life, I have been privy uh, in a professional space to have been spent and have spent a lot of time with absolute dime pieces with girls that are the most intimidating of intimidating girls the girls that you would attribute unicorn status to magical ethereal status to in my first business out of high school as a personal trainer sole trader up at good life in uh, adelaide some of the most attractive girls you'll ever see it's like the hub is the biggest gym in adelaide uh sorry biggest gym in australia actually it's an absolute uh, it's, it's like an it's an old, old bank building it's a spaceship but because uh, it's in the absolute center of the city, uh, you get some of the most attractive and like just mind blowing. The fitness, or most of the fitness models train there, competitive fitness models, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, many of my clientele with these women, many of my uh, PTs, all the other PTs that work there as well, uh, running their businesses. I got to meet their clients. Just some of the most physically attractive girls you'll ever see. And what you realize now, there's that. So I've been working with those girls. I spent almost two, two years in that space with those girls. I spent about two years in the portrait and fashion photography and videography business. I, work with, I worked with professional hot girls. Right? That was my thing. I, I spent hours upon hours in rooms, in garages, in out in nature with next to naked, if not a lot of the times, naked professional hot girls. Right? So I got a lot of exposure in that area. And then now with my current uh, modality, my current uh, thing that takes up most of my time, my current purpose, right, uh, being a social dynamics coach, I spend not only a ridiculous amount of time with these girls personally, but breaking their interactions down with my clients in person. The amount of interactions I've seen and got to observe from a third eye perspective, not just one-to-one, would, it's, it's scary. It's, it's ridiculous. So with all this amalgamated together, the reason why I brought this up is this. This is why I'm so confident that all these girls are babies. 
That's why I'm so confident that if you could alter your perception of value and realize that, listen, when uh, I, I, when, uh, I don't know, wait, can I use her name? Listen, I, I had a, uh, there was a time where I had a project I was doing in fashion, portrait fashion and video talk, uh, videography called uh, Humble Sheets, which is basically just girls naked in sheets, bed sheets, that type of thing. That was the deal. And shout out to two of the models I worked with there, Hannah and Amy. Some of them was just, if you just look at, you look at those photos, you look at the, those videos, it's like, these girls are ridiculous. However, I spent hours with them just butt naked. I wasn't naked, but they were uh, shooting with them. And what you realize is that they're just, they're just regular people. These are the most intimidating, attractive girls are just regular people. It is you that places the undue high value upon them, which then in turns make you nervous and awkward with them. It's this perception of value. So you take it down and realize, no, all these are the most attractive girls I've been around, whether it be in the fitness world or in the modeling world or in social dynamics world, they're all just, they're all human beings. They all came out of the womb. That's what you need to do first. If you can, if you can make that shift, Extend it, take a take a piece from Matt, and uh, view all people in life as clowns, <laughs> which is not in a derogatory way, but like, why would I take anything so serious in this life? We're all just clowns. That that extends a little bit more largely to all people, but specifically of girls. See, is that uh, you get the sickening feeling about going out, and when you're going, and just the idea of going out and meeting girls in the day or meeting girls at night. A lot of that comes from the fact that you're placing unicorn status on these girls. What does Adam do? And what does Adam do with his clients? He places baby status on these girls. Ah, oh, they're just babies. And it just relieves that pressure. Now, that's part one. Part two, because that's the understanding why. Why you get nervous and awkward. Now, we need the tactics. We need the game plan to actually overcome the nervousness and awkwardness, which I will now just take a slight pause on just to dive in the chat box and just say hi to a few people here. Uh, oh, holy shit. There's a lot of activity going in the chat box. Several super chats have just landed. So let me just address some of this. Uh, Abel Martinez donates $2 saying, no question. Just thanks for all your work. Thank you so much, Abel. Uh, well, holy, hang on a second. He donated three. Abel's donated three, so a total of $6. Uh, as he's saying that in, he's in the US and YouTube gave him free super chats. So Adam get shit. That's amazing. Oh, Anthony Conchestadu. Thank you so much, Eva. I really appreciate that. And more so just your words there. Uh, whether it's two cents or two dollars or what it, to me, it's just, you know, I I appreciate the uh, acknowledgement. So thank you and thank you for being here and engaged. Really appreciate it, my man. And then Shakard comes in with a two dollar Canadian dollar uh, donation saying, no free ones, but Adam still gets them. Thanks, Adam. Oh, thank you, Shakard. And again. I'm, uh, I'm so grateful. You guys, uh, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you being here and engaged. So if you two do have any questions as this chat goes on, when we get into the Q&A section, uh, just drop those questions below and I'll, of course, bump them to the top. That's the main reason for having the Super Chat. All of that just goes back straight out to the channel and I want to give you guys my best of my best. But uh, there's a lot of other guys up in this chat box. Just say hi to Rami. Rami's in here. Good to see you, my man. Uh, willingness to learn, willingness to accept change. That's a very long username. Has uh, dropped, came in saying hi. Good to see him, my man. Uh, we'll get to these questions. We'll get to the stuff later on. But now we're going to dive into part two uh, of uh, the content part of this Q&A. 
And if you guys are in this chat box right now, drop me a thumbs up down below. I really appreciate that. It helps uh, the YouTube algorithm, helps YouTube recommend it to more people. Drop me some comments, say hello. Also, if you're watching this in post, drop me comments. It really helps it out. Yes, sir. And also, in case you guys weren't here at the beginning, What is a Man short film been working on for the past two months. We'll be premiering next Wednesday and we'll be doing a live premiere. I'll, after this YouTube, after this social Q&A goes up, I'll be uploading the premiere thing, which like allows you to tap in, get the notification for it, you know, kind of, I guess, subscribe to it, I guess, in a way. I'm new to it, but that'll be coming out next Wednesday. Anyways, so also, I just want to again apologize to the podcast version people. The fact that I, for the first five minutes of this uh, Q&A, I was not recording on OBS. So you will have to go back to the YouTube to, to have seen that. So, but we got most of it. So anyways, here we go. We've talked about why you get nervous and awkward with these girls. Just perception of value. You need to change that up. Baby effect. Part two now. How to overcome tactical game plan. So I want to dive back to Z's Instagram message here. And because this is this where we'll begin. And I, I didn't really get into too many stories before. But this is where the stories are really going to come in. i got so many fucking good stories. And I'm just realizing I missed, I missed, I missed another story from high school back on the uh, perception. But we'll, maybe we'll get that later. But... Anyways, so he said to me here, you know, he's 20 years old. He's recently discovered cold approach. And in his words, I've been doing a lot of research on cold approach, lots of theory. And now I feel this absolute sickening feeling in my stomach when I thought about going out to do uh, cold approach. How, did you have any tips to reduce the nervousness slash awkwardness? Okay. It's like, where the fuck do we begin? There are so many places for me to begin with this, but I guess part one, my friend is this, Z. There is no reality in which that you studying more cold approach, you consuming more theory on cold approach will somehow magically rid you of your nervousness slash awkwardness. And he knows this because I've already sent this to him, but I'm saying, I'm reiterating it for you guys, which is that there is no reality. There is no conceivable experience in this life that exists in which that you studying more theory will somehow bring you the lessons and the wisdom of true experience. The greatest teacher in life will and has always been experience. Okay, so it's exposure therapy. It is literally just getting out there and doing the damn thing. And that's what I said to him is this. It's like, listen, there's only one piece of content you need to watch, which is my social Q&A live stream on how to go out in the day and night solo, which is a full guide for anyone who's never gone out before and can go out on their own so they don't even need wings in the day or night. That's the only piece of content you need to watch. Then you need to go out for 30 days in a row. Don't come back until you've done that, and then we'll have something to talk about. That's the last part of what I said to him. But the tactical game plan of overcoming your nervousness and awkwardness, listen, you're not going to overcome your fear of jumping out of a plane by reading about how to jump out of a plane. The only way you're going to do that is just through rep after rep, putting in the reps, and this is what I talked about before is altering your set point. Because it's one thing to understand why you get nervous and awkward in front of an extremely attractive girl. And it's because you've misperceived her value. And it's another thing to then live by that. And then to actually go out and execute on that. It, everyone's got a big set of balls until they get in front of their tent. Everyone can remain present in their bedroom. But can you do that in front of your tent? Can you get in front of your tent and relegate her to baby status? Can you not 
succumb to the unicorn status and put her on this pedestal, this she's so cool syndrome, shout out to the bowl sip coming out this today. Sign up for free at boldoja.com. <clears throat> Can you do all that? Well, we don't know. I don't, we don't know. This guy, like I'll pay to get, because I kind of know that, you know, based on his uh, mentalities and based on all the people I've seen. Yeah, he's probably can't do any of what I just said. However, we don't know. This guy could be great. This guy could be amazing with girls, but we don't know. Because all he's been doing in his words is a whole bunch of research. I've been doing a lot of research on court approach and lots of theory. Oh, shit. And listen, like, the reason why I love this but I hate this is because this is my story. This is what kept me at no day twos, no dates, no lays, no uh, relationships for two years. Because I was this guy. It's fucking painful. It's painful. This is the story for most guys. The story for most guys, the story at least for almost all of my clients, almost all of them, is this. Well, Adam, I was watching your content for 6 to 12 months, and I was watching a whole bunch of other people's content for much further behind that, and now I've decided to change my life. Because <laughs> everyone walks that path first. Everyone walks the easy path first of going, well, maybe if I just watch as much as I can and listen to as many podcasts as I can and research as much as I can, that will somehow lead me to the watering hole, and then I will be able to drink. But it never works out that way, does it? It never works out that way. It's like, if you were to just look at the amount of content there is on how to transform yourself and overcome your limiting beliefs, pay walls, and walk the journey of social dynamics, you look at all the different coaches, look at all the different seminars, all the different boot camps, all the different ebooks, all the different podcasts, hours, billions of hours of content on this one subject. Didn't, wouldn't, if, 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 if that's all you needed. Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? If that's all you needed, then surely people wouldn't have a problem with this. Right? Wrong. Right, but wrong. It's both. It's that I'm not devaluing, because obviously I make a lot of that content. I make a lot of that content, but I never make any... Uh, misperception. I never try and put out the misperception there that you actually need to watch all my content. Uh, I said to someone, uh, someone the other day asked me about how much they should be consuming of my content. And I said, well, effectively none. Effectively none, except for one video. One video. There's one or two videos. And that's why I have a best of the best playlist, which is just like, because I've got hundreds and hundreds of videos. I've got like the best of the best playlist on the channel, which is just like, if you're an absolute, you're an absolute newbie, just the beginner, that would be a good place to start. But actually, there's really only one video you need to watch, and that's the how to go out in the day or night for Garden Solo, at least just in the world of getting out there and transforming your dating life. Of course, you, other guys come to me for different reasons around the ego, self-awareness, uh, the overall temple development. Then there's different videos for that. But really, but really, bringing this back in here, it's like there's nothing to be learned. There's nothing to be known. And this is it, is that Z... You will never know about how truly nervous and awkward you are or are not in front of your absolute dying piece until you actually get out there and do the damn thing. Do it and you'll understand. Never do it and you'll never understand. That's a new quote. It's not mine. It's from an anime that I just started watching called Run With The Wind. And uh, I heard that just the other night and it really struck a chord to me. And it'll be in, I'm, I added it to the resources of wisdom. Do it and you'll understand. 
Right? Go out there. Get out there. Forget about the theory. Stop doing research. Right? Get out there and actually meet these girls. And you'll understand what it means to overcome your nervousness and awkwardness. Then you will actually be able to apply that shit hot content I started off with talking about adjusting your perception of value and how that these girls that you perceive to be so, so, so amazing, such unicorn beings that are actually just babies. But you'll never actually understand that until you do the damn thing. You get out there in the day, you get out at the night, you go out across the 30-day challenge and you just light it up. But you never understand this. You'll never understand. What the fuck's going on here? There we go. You'll never understand this until you actually do it. I do it and you'll understand. Never do it and you'll never understand. You know, it's just, it's, it's words to live by. It's, it's something that's becoming, I've only just heard a few days ago, but it's becoming a mantra for sure. And, and so I want to paint a few stories in here now. I want to play a few stories. There was one story. <clears throat> no, I'll finish with that because that's on a different subject. I'll come back with that one. But there's a story because he might now be going to me say, okay, I get it. So the only way for me to actually overcome my nervousness and awkwardness is to put down the theory and pick up the experience. I get that. But Adam, I can't do it. I'm sure he's sitting there going, and I'm sure there's many guys sitting there going like, I get it, but I can't. It's like, I know what to do, but I can't do it. Am I... For every guy that thinks that they can't do it and they believe those words that I can't do it, here's a story for you. Many years ago, when I was uh, only, I just begun coaching, maybe I was, oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe my first year or something with Jordan when Jordan was still around. And we were running free community sessions known as the Bowl Sessions here in Adelaide, which was basically Twilight, Friday Twilight, where five o'clock. All these guys meet up, 10, 15 guys meet up in the mall. We do a cheeky little uh, prep, little prep seminar in a side alley, which is just very tactical, just some tactics to get guys started. And uh, and then we'll go out, wing up, and just go out and have some fun for a couple of hours, meet some girls, then we'll come back and debrief. So I remember one particular bowl session. One particular bowl session, it was, uh, it was a summer bowl session. I remember this because it was quite warm. It was, it was a warm, it was a Friday afternoon. Uh, and the, the difference between, there's three types. Or if, if you want to break down the different types, like your day game and night game, guys often forget the one in between, which is Twilight. And Twilight is a, an amalgamation, a beast of both, in which that, yes, the sun is still up, it's still light, but the energy is that of night. Because at Twilight, between the hours of five to seven, on a Friday in particular, it's like, no one's worried. It's not people aren't going out, uh, you know, to do their daily things. Most people are now going out to dinner. Most people, girls, are going out just for late night shopping. And the energy, it's it just changes, especially in Adelaide. So we we love the twilight sesh, and so that's very key. The way I explain that, it's just keep that in mind that it's a twilight session. And I remember, and during these uh, bowl sessions, what happens is because there's about 10, 10 guys at most, about fifteen uh, guys running around. And they're all often pairs. And what Jordan and I would do is that we don't spend any time with any one person. We just check in with everyone. So we're always there. We're always there that if someone comes out of an interaction, they can come up to us and say, Adam, uh, this happened. Oh, this, the girl left really quick. I didn't know what to do, et cetera. It's oh, I ran out of qualification. Oh, how do I do it? You know? I'm like, okay, I can key him up and I'll help him with his next interaction and move on to the next guys. And so I'm just like this floater. I'll float around and help people. And I remember, uh, shout out to Mike. 
because he can corroborate the story as well. He's not here now, but I remember he, I know he remembers this because it was a pivotal moment. There was Mike was winged up with a different guy. I forgot who, I don't know who the other guy was, but he was very new. I think it was his first time ever coming out for cold approach. And so I remember it, for those of you at Adelaide, we're at the end of Rundle Mall, the Hindley Street end. And I'm walking towards Rundle Street Mall. And I'm with Mike, who I call the Red Beard Wizard. He had like a red beard down to like, down to his like uh, the first row of abs. And then there's this other guy who was like, just imagine a very, I remember him, I don't remember his name. It's probably a good thing I don't, because I probably should be mentioning his name anyway. But he was very dweeby. He was a very meek guy, very nervous, thin, kind of white Caucasian guy. Bit shorter as well, shorter than me. I'm only five seven. Oh, five six, five seven on a good day. <laughs> and and so, anyways, I remember him saying. I remember I checking in with him, and my Mike had gone up to a few different girls, and I say to him, "How's your How's your sesh going? Do you need any help?" And he's like, "Well, I just I haven't met anyone. I haven't met anyone yet." And I'm like, "But well, we've been out here for like at least half an hour, and that's death game. Like that's 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 uh." That's game over if you've been out here for half an hour and spoken to no one. If you do not start well, you do not end well. And that, that is just a tried and true. So I say to him, listen, what's going on in your mind? Why have you not spoken to anyone in the last 30 minutes? And by the way, <laughs> yeah, I think Adam, you've been a bit harsh on him. He's never done this before. No, no, no. In the prep, Sam, uh, I prep all the guys who have not done this before on what they need to do. And for those guys, their, uh, their dosage is just five compliments to anyone. Right, old people, little kids, doesn't matter. You know, just just get your get your goose loose. And so he knows what, but he's just not doing it. And I'm like, okay, so what's tell me about it? Tell me what's going on. He's like, he's like, I just can't do it. Now this is why I brought this story up because this is what I'm saying. I'm sure that the guy's Instagram message I'm adapting here. Any guy, any guy who understands what I'm saying theoretically, and that yeah, forget the research, go out there and actually meet girls. But I just can't do it. And he said this to me. I can't. I just can't do it. And I said, what, what can't you do? What can't you do? Is that, you know, that's, I see these attractive girls go by. And I just can't bring myself to go up to them. And I'm like, okay, okay. So how much do you believe these words? He's like, what do you mean how much do I believe these words? Well, you say that you can't do it. But is it true? And he just, as we're walking, Mike, it's like the three of us. He's like walking in between Mike and I. And he's just, he's hit at a, he's at an impasse. I've hit him with the truth, which is that, no, he's got limiting beliefs. He's got paper walls. There's no, there's no universal principle that states that he can't go up to these girls. This is a self-imposed paper wall. It's not a real wall. It's a limiting belief. And so I say to him is that, listen, my man, don't trust your words. Don't believe these thoughts. Don't believe these paper walls. I know that this paper wall may appear to be a real wall and that if you were to bash your head against it, you would, you know, you cause some damage. But actually, and I know that's the way that it appears. It appears so rock solid. This fear and that this concept you've constructed of, I can't go up and meet these girls. It appears so real right now for you with the emotions, with everything. There's always hot girls going by. It's a twilight session. It's summer. I get it. I get it. However, what if for just a second, you could not believe those words? Still hold them. Still hold them. And this is the story this is where it just like fucking wraps up. Which I even say to him is that, look at this. It's got nothing to do with the words. You can hold those words all you want. All I'm asking you to do is don't believe them. Still hold them though. So he's like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, 
You're telling me, what, tell me again, what is, it that, what is it that you've been saying to yourself? I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm like, okay, so you're saying you can't go meet these girls? At the very moment that I had this point in the conversation with him, two of the absolute most stunning girls I've ever seen walk by. Like, even to this day, they still rank. And this is after having met thousands and thousands and thousands, definitely getting up to that 10K thousand mark of girls. And this was years ago, and they still stick out of my mind. I can still remember them to this day. Two, like, they were like uh, tall, blonde, and brunette Australian girls, just fit. They were already dressed to go out. So they were like, what I was talking about before, aggressively attractive girls. Like their skirts barely come down to their hips. They're dressed down. Tits out for the boys. And some of them are just two absolute die pieces at the very moment I needed them to, to come by. And so I say to him, I listen, watch this. And so as they walk by me, I'm like, I say to him, I look him in the eyes. I turn to him, I go, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I just start building it up. So I'm like, I can't do this. I start walking. I start turning around. I can't do this. I can't do this. Now my body is is running towards them, yet my head is still looking back at him, yelling in the mall. I can't do this. I can't do this. I am like yelling it out as loud as I can while running over to these girls. I can't do this. I get around in front of them. Stop them both. Blonde doesn't want a bar of it. She was one of the most, she was one of the most negative girls I've ever met. But the brunette, who was actually the sexy one out of the two of them, oh, oh, she wanted a bar of it. The moment I like, I stopped them both. Right, so I, yeah, I saw you two walking by. I thought you both looked cute. Want to come say hey? The blonde, the moment like we make eyes, she's like rolls her eyes, like she's like, oh, she's just having a bad day. But the brunette, who is yeah, and I'm, I'm so I just want to reiterate here that when I was. The level of unicorn status that my guy was previously uh, would have attached to them would have been all time. Like these, if you have a problem with the perception of value, which is what I've talked about before, is that you know what I'm talking about you perceiving these girls as far more, you're attributing far too much value to their physical appearance. Well, imagine you're that guy. These girls are of the highest level of that. If you have that issue now, for me because I got that baby effect, it doesn't matter whether they are. The most stunning, literally the most stunning girls you've ever seen in your life, or there's just regular girl. They're all babies. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't doesn't mean anything. Anyways, continuing the story, I just want to give you guys that idea that when I was a portrait video professional videographer and photographer, this girl that I'm kind of both of them that I'm in front of are the girls that I would be working with, and that these are professional hot girls. Right, so I'm there in front of both of them. The blonde doesn't want a bar of it. She rolls her eyes right off, right off the open. The brunette locked in locked in from the moment that I step up. And so when I recognize this, because it's a twilight session, I would not recommend doing this during the day. Uh, during straight day game or meeting girls in the day, depending on where you're on the clock face as to what terms you'll be using. I would not recommend doing what I'm about to do. So when I recognize this, because remember it's about 6 p.m. at this point, 5.30, 6 p.m. is that twilight energy. There's a bit of night energy to this, yet the sunset's still there. And so I just direct all my attention to this brunette. Uh, and so that only pisses the blonde off more. Like, she's like, fuck this guy. So she walks off. Now, during the day, I would never recommend doing this. I always do my absolute best to get her friend on side and get her wing on side. But because there's a slightly more night energy to this, it's a little bit more animalistic, a little bit more crazy. I'm okay with this. So I put all my attention on the brunette, who was actually like more attractive to me than the blonde one anyway. 
and she was dilated to the highest. Her pupils were just Sailor Moon and they were so big and she was just, ah, the feminine energy. I could still feel it to this day. And just keep it in mind here, I had I had ran up to the, I, I let them go by like maybe like 20 meters just so I could give them some space so I could run over to them while yelling out to the guy, <laughs> I can't do this. So and I get in front of them and I'm just like, I am pushing this very aggressively. All my qualification is, it's like borderline offensive, like the way that I'm just being so aggressive with her verbally and she is loving it. Everything she says, I challenge, I tease on. I don't give her a break on anything. And she just becomes more and more and more attracted. Then by the time it comes down to closing, I'm like, all right, let's fucking do this. Let's go. And she's like, I don't think my boyfriend would like this. I don't think my boyfriend would like this. And this is like within like a minute, minute of this interaction. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about your boyfriend. And she's like, she's, she's like pulled in more from this, pulled in more from that, which is always what happens, especially the more attractive the girl it is fits her reality or frame of reality far more and so, and she's like more attracted by this age but you know I've, he's the type of guy he's the type of guy that if he found out he'd probably try and kill you and i'm like oh, okay okay so we we have a little bit more banter and we and at that point the point and i can see behind her this other guy the little dweeby guy mike had been watching and his jaws on the floor and i like, so i eventually let it go because she was very adamant that her boyfriend is the type of guy that would actually try and physically harm me. If this, like, like when we got down to real shit, when we come with qualification, get into investment, I'm like, that's okay. So that's right, I'll let you have your night. But I remember that, and I'm going back to this, to Mr. Dweeby. And I said to him, now, what just happened here? He's like, he's like, I can't believe what just happened. I cannot believe that you ran up to them while using my limiting belief, while using my paper wall. And not only that, but that girl was absolutely loving it, absolutely loving it. And it's and like, see, this is what it is, is that I did it, so now I understand. But you never did it, so you don't understand. And what you don't understand is that these, these limiting beliefs you have in your mind about these attractive girls and which is causing this nervousness, this awkwardness, this inability to just have this freedom of choice in your dating life, what you don't understand is that none of these thoughts are real. None of these thoughts have any grounding, have any substance to them, to the point where I can take it, and that's what I told you before. I'm not even telling you to do away with the verbal linguistics around your limiting beliefs for now. All I'm asking you to do is to just not trust them, still hold them. That's what I did for you, my man. I held it for you. I took your limiting belief, I held it, I reiterated it while I was walking, going over to those girls. Yeah, I didn't believe it for a second, right? I didn't believe it for a second. So for any of you guys that, that and for Z here, send me this message because we're going to wrap this up here and we'll answer your questions here and dive into the Q&A. This is like a, this is a real crescendo. So whatever limiting belief you're dealing with, especially for guys that feel like they just get too nervous, too awkward with girls, and so they research more and more about it, watch more and more videos and all this bullshit. If you could just understand this one thing of, thoughts you have are not real the only proof you have is in your actions the only proof you have is in doing and if you can do you will understand if you can do you will understand and this that story to me is one of my favorite of all time and i've got a lot of very similar ones but it's to me it's it's it, it, and i remember mike mike as well going i just i've never seen anything like that before adam 
I've never seen someone in that moment do what you just did. It's incredible. And my, because that's, it's true. It's truth. It's real. Right? And that's what's real. What's real is that when you gain experience, that brings you true understanding. And that allows you, no matter what limiting belief you have, whether it be that you're, you're short and you're overweight, so then you can't bring the best to your 50 or because uh, you're fucked up by your parents and, or your, your siblings or you're bullied in high school or you, you, you don't perceive yourself to be worthy of love, enjoying and value, etc. Whatever limiting belief, it's just like a buffet of all of them. None of them are real. None of them are real. They are all paper walls that you continue to breathe life into, which only perpetuates their existence. And through the perpetuation of that existence, it limits you. It stops you from living that life and you'll never understand. So, Z, and to any guy that I wrapped up with this is, the tactical game plan is that you just need to go out there and do the damn thing. Do that damn thing. Get out there. Understand. Get the experience. And when you do this, what you understand is that on a very tactical level, the more time you spend around these unicorn girls, because it's a reciprocal thing. You can't, it's, it's not enough to take just one of what I've spoken about today. It's not enough just to have the conceptual understanding of how to alter your perception of value, which is what we talked about at the beginning of this. You need that. You need to understand the baby effect. You need to understand the clown effect. You need to hold that, but also you need the tactical grind. You need the actual sharpening of the blade. You can go spend all your day at the, at the blacksmith watching the blacksmith sharpen this blade. But until you actually get to use the blade, you never understand how truly sharp it is or dull, depending on your, your circumstance. So you need to get out there and actual hone. You need to get there and craft. And through the crafting and through the honing, you will actually be able to bring these two things together. You will bring the understanding, theoretical, conceptual ideas, and it only allows them. Because I'm sure a lot of you guys, I'm sure a lot of you guys understand theoretically what I mean when I say, when you rock up into the club, when you rock up on the street, just apply the baby effect. View all girls as just, they were once babies. They all came out of the womb. Don't take anything they say seriously. Don't ride too high or dive too deep on any reception they give you, right? And then your, 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 ner your nervousness and awkwardness will just cease to exist. I'm sure you all get that. But you don't. You do, but you don't. You get it up here, but you don't get it in here yet. And for those of you on the podcast, you need to go back to the YouTube. You get it in your mind, but you don't get it in your heart, right? You don't get it on that visceral feeling, that mind, that bodily connection, so that when I do actually get in front of a 10, I can live by that understanding. I can actually live by the theoretical concept. Oh, oh, oh. take that one guy example. Oh, get in front of the, even though the, the 20 steps or the 20 meters that I spent getting over to this girl, I was actively telling myself I could not do this, whether it's that or whether it's just that you just thought this girl was so out of your league, you thought she was such of high value, so much higher value that you could ever get around. Right? Well, that, that's all great. That's all cool. Continue to hold all that. But just do the damn thing anyway and get in front of her and then you will be shown. Then you will be shown that all these girls are just babies. All these girls are just people. They are all just people. And the, the most, and I can go all day on this because actually some of the most intimidatingly physically attractive girls have the least amount of substance within their spirit. This is a very common thing. I've spoken about this a lot of times. Now, it's not a direct correlation because uh, 
some of the some of the some of the models I've worked with are, are some of the, also the coolest girls I met as well. So yes, they can you can have it can exist simultaneously. It's just that for a lot of guys, I say it's very common that your not only is your perception of value off and misperceived because of the key factor that we're all just human beings, but also because what most guys get into with this unicorn status and perceiving these extremely attractive girls, which makes them nervous and awkward, is that they're not actually as cool as you think they are. They might just because they're wearing a short dress, tits out for the boys, got their hair did and their lashes on. That doesn't mean that they're automatically amazingly cool people that you want to spend a whole day with, a whole Sunday with, right? You know, Crystalia, uh, the comedian, did a great piece. She go onto YouTube and type into his piece on uh, Dan Bilzerian. He's got a great short clip on how Dan Bilzerian goes flying with these planes with all these biddies. And he's just got this great piece on. He's like, listen, I can understand the fucking... But the hanging, <laughs> the hanging, it's like, it's like, I understand the sex. I can understand having sex with these attractive girls, like 10, 20 attractive girls on a private plane from New York to London. But what happens after the sex? Like, but the hanging, like, how can you spend time with these girls? Like, because a lot of these girls are not of substance. And so anyway, he does it. He does a real good job. He makes it real funny. And, uh, but the hanging, <laughs> nah. <laughs> But anyway, so like that we're gonna wrap it up here. We'll wrap it up here, but I'm gonna dive into your questions now. And I hope uh, I hope Z uh doesn't watch this actually until he's come back from his 30-day challenge. And we'll sum it up then. So my friends, I thank you so much for your uh engagement and attention over the last however long we've been going for. We will now dive into your questions. Anything you have on dating, social dynamics, relationships, anything in the world of human interaction. Drop those in the Q&A chat box below. I'll be, uh, if there are any questions from the Super Chats, I'll be addressing them first. Super Chat, straight back to the channel. And uh, it gets bumped up to the top. And oh shit, we've got, we've got another Super Chat coming in here from Kevin B. Shout out to man Kev. It's been a long time, Kev. Such a butter dinner. Such a butter dinner. It's been a while. He says, hey Adam, been a long time. Just a random thought. What's your view on a girl changing her mind, in quotes, about being friends with a guy? Okay, this is a little bit longer of a question than I thought it would be. Uh, like, let me just, I'm going to read this first. About being friends with a guy. Can that ever happen? Happy Thanksgiving from New York, by the way. Yeah, oh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's, a new, that's an American thing. We don't do that down here in Australia. So uh, happy Thanksgiving to you as well, whatever that means. I don't know, I don't know anything about it. I know you guys eat turkey. That's all I know. And that people die in the sales. I know that people die. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much, Kev, for that $10 super chat. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Straight back to the channel. So like I said, all that stuff gets uh, bumped to the top. All super chats get bumped to the top. Um, and I just want to make sure that the previous super chats didn't have any questions. Let me just check. And uh, by the way, if you guys are in this live stream right now, please drop a thumbs up on the video down below. Really appreciate it. it. Really helps out the uh, stream. Helps out YouTube recommending these videos and the algorithm and all that good stuff. And uh, don't forget to sign up for the Bowl Sip Weekly Amount Newsletter coming out 3.20 p.m. today. Some cool shit in there. And, of course, the What Is A Man short film premiering next Wednesday. Uh, after this Q&A, promptly, sometime before the end of today, before the Bowl Sip, actually, 
I'll be uh, putting that up for the premiere, which means you guys will be able to subscribe, get the notification for it. Make sure you tap the bell on the channel so you know when the premiere is happening. You'll be able to watch it live with me. We'll have a chat box just like this and you get to watch it for the first time as everyone else gets to watch it for the first time at the same time. It's pretty cool. So just checking these questions. No, for the other guys, Shakard and Abel who donated from the Super Chat, uh, they didn't have any questions. Uh, so with that being said, I will just go straight to Kevin's Super Chat first and then I'll get to the other questions after that. Fuck yeah. Having a good time. Had a good time here. Okay. Did I bump this camera? Why do I why do I feel like this is not... There we go. There we, that's... I feel like I bumped the camera there. Okay, so Kevin's, I'm going to reiterate your question here because it was a, a bit more in-depth than I thought it would be. Shout out to Kevin, New York. Uh, he goes, yeah, been a long time. Such a Buddha Dana. Just a random thought. What's your view on a girl changing her mind about being friends with a guy? Can that ever happen? I sense deeper context, Kevin. <laughs> so what's my thoughts on that? Uh, listen. Listen, the only, there's, there's two reasons why a girl would change her mind about being friends with a guy. Number one, there is, I've talked about the lifeboating before, right? life rafting. There's definitely life rafting. I'll explain that in a second, but just to get my thoughts in alignment here. There's also the other potential. Life rafting is like the, the less than inspirational reason, but the other more likely reason is, actually, I wouldn't say more likely, probably less likely, but... <clears throat> it could be true is if she has been friends of a dude. So let, let's pay because there's not, not a lot of context. Here. Let me give you some fake context. Let's say, let's say Kev had this girl called Sarah. He's liked her for years. Maybe they went to uni together or worked at the same gym. Or I don't know, but they've been in contact, you know, a little bit of contact over the last couple of years. And he's always liked her, but he never had the balls. And he was always content to be the Mr. Nice guy. And just he was happy to just just simmer in that in that Mr. Nice Guy stew. He's happy with that. He was happy with that. Just happy to get around her. Just lucky. Okay. But let's say somewhere along his relationship with Sarah, that oh, he found out about this guy called Adam at the bar, and uh, oh, he he just he found this way of transforming himself and and completely reversing his Mr. Nice Guy syndrome. And going out there and learning what it means to bring the best of his 50, learning these three core principles, direct, congruent, authentic, and through the process of going out on 30-day challenges and <clears throat> breaking down his interactions and really just leveling up every area of his temple, he completely eclipses himself and is now a uh, unrecognizable of the person that he first was when he was with Sarah. And Sarah starts to recognize this. Sarah comes back one day in the gym, in the, in the, in the work, and they're cooking up water. And he's like, oh, fuck. Kevin's actually not the guy that I once thought he was. And now she changes her mind. Maybe I don't want to be friends with this guy anymore. Okay? That is a potential. There's definitely a potential. I've seen that in my line of work. Because in my line of work, listen, I'm in the flesh business. I'm in the transforming of flesh business. I'm in the business of watching people and guiding people through their journeys of social development and self-cultivation. So this is very regular for me to see. I see this happen pop up quite a bit, maybe just not for the average person. Because <coughs> I hear your stories. Hmm. That was a bit rough. Uh, 
And yes, a lot of girls, here's a great one. Here's a fucking great one. I had one of my, uh, my actual clients, here's a real context for you, who, uh, it was, uh, it was with a girl the other day and she was always just a friend with him and she always just considered him just be friends. But this guy has been working on himself and developing himself. And it was like a slight comment, just a slight comment as they were like, you know, just kind of friends hanging out. And I think it was like the mall or something. And she just said something real passive, something real passive. Like, you know, it was you who decided that we were friends. It was you, it was you, you know, I, I never said that we just wanted to be friends. And she like, she's kind of like left it out there. Just going to put that out there. And your girls will do this. And it like really confused him. He came back to me. He's like, now, did I hear that right? Is that, I don't know, am I just like, am I being a little too grandiose here? Am I getting a little too 100K on myself? A little too grand on myself? Did I hear that right? Am I misperceiving this in some way? I'm like, no, I've been working with you for the last three, six months. You have, and as you know, you've been transforming yourself you've been changing you are not the same person you were three six months ago and this girl recognizes this so she wants a slice she wants a slice of the bavarian you know what i'm saying so so it's definitely possible kev for sure especially if you have been working yourself the other one i mentioned was the lifeboating uh life rafting some girls this is the one that you don't want to hear some girls that like you can have listen let's look at a girl's uh social sphere here in a girl's social sphere, she's got a lot of bottom feeders. She's got a lot of fish. She's got a lot of guys, Mr. Nice Guys, beta males, that are happy just to go out with her on the Saturday afternoon and help her shop for lingerie that she'll wear when she's fucking with another guy. Right, she got, there's a lot of guys that are happy to just marinate in the Mr. Nice Guy stew. Now, that's on one level. Now, there's a level above that, of course, of the guys that she's actually genuinely attracted to and in sexually polarized connections with some of which she's actualizing some of which she would like to actualize but just haven't quite you know aligned yet <clears throat> but let's say a girl will go through periods of time in which that may be due to a change in career a change in location in which that she drops those connections uh an, an, an intensive study period an intensive work period in which that Maybe those sexually polarized connections, the higher level, they don't, they're not available right now. But what she does have available to her is a plethora, a cacophony of these bottom feeding Mr. Nice Guy fishes that, as I coined before, and this is, the, this is an Ui original, that she just life rafting with. They're just the life rafts that, in case the main ships ever decided to go away for an extended period of time, there's some life rafts out there that she could hitch a ride on, get her beak wet, right? Survive for a little while before the main ship comes back, aka coming back here with old Kev in that, well, changing her minds on just being friends, temporary. Some girls will temporarily, <coughs> that didn't come out right, temporarily enter a life rafting position with you in which that they fool you into thinking, you've been leveled up to a sexually polarized main level guy. But actually, no, it's just that there's just an absence of those guys in her life right now. And instead of her, because of, generally speaking, logistically, instead of her now going out with the lasses and hitting up, going out this Friday or Saturday night or putting some work into Tinder or et cetera, and you're going out and meeting new guys, she's like, oh, fuck, I've got this paper to do to get in I'm doing my thesis, etc. So what I'll do instead is that I'll just go down to my lower level guys 
and you know I can get some sexual fulfillment here. I can get this guy to drive me here, and then maybe you know if I suck him off, he might do this for me. You know, you know some girls play it this way. Whether they do it consciously or not, that's for debate. There is definitely a selection of girls that will do this consciously. A lot of girls, though, not so much consciously. It's just that there's an absence of main level sexually polarized guys in their life, so they'll go down to some of their Mister Nice Guy beta males, who they were just in friend zones. They friend zone them. And then they'll say, oh, you know, they'll start to level up and then, you know, maybe get into a bit of a, get into a bit of a bat with them and, you know, fool them into thinking that, oh, we're not friends anymore because, you know, she gave them the idea that this was going to be something more, you know, oh, you know, you turn me on now. But actually, two weeks later, uh, fucking Fabio comes back. Fabio, I'm just trying to think of like the most, <laughs> the most chatty name. Fabio comes back uh, uh, from his two week trip in fucking Uganda, and he's back, and she'll drop you like a like a hot potato. So, Kev, there's different angles here. Those are the most common angles. Either you transformed yourself and you have legitimately stepped up, so she doesn't want to be friends more. She wants to slice with the Bavarian, or absence of the Bavarians. She comes down to you. So, you're gonna have to work work that out for yourself. Now, Kev donated that $10 super chat, which I'm super grateful for. And that's $10 US. And because of how weak the fucking Australian dollar is now. Listen, let me say this. Slight side tangent. If you were ever thinking of coming down to Australia, just in general, but specifically for my guys that want to come down and do a boot camp in Australia, the Australian dollar is at its weakest that has ever been in, like, in the history of the world. So one, one UK pound is like... And what is it? It's like it's like a trading at like one dollar eighty Australia or something. It's like if you were to donate ten dollars, uh, ten dollars US, it's like that's about I think it's about sixteen or seventeen Australian. I think I last checked that was like last week. And in UK, it's even worse. It's like ten UK pounds is like uh, or British pounds is like almost nine uh, nineteen dollars Australian. <laughs> like so, if you want to come down to Australia, you could fucking live like a king at the moment. And also, if you were to for boot camp as well, the conversion is insane for you guys. So, also, word of warning to my Australian friends, do not go over to the US or UK right now. Anyways, all I was saying there is I'm very grateful, Kev. Thank you so much. And uh, so, my friends, just taking a pause here. If you're in this uh, live Q&A, if you're enjoying this content, drop me a thumbs up on the video down below. Drop me your comments, your questions, say hi. If you're watching this in post, say hi as well. I often, uh, I always come back and answer your questions, etc. I'm now going to dive back up the chat box because that was the first question that I answered and go to all the questions before that. Uh, if there aren't any other super chats, super chat just gets bumped up. So we've got about 20 more minutes here. So let's go. Let me make sure this is still recording. I still can't believe I forgot to hit record on the first five minutes of this. I'm so, so sorry, my podcast friends. That is rookie. It's the first time ever I made that mistake. First time for everything. So... <clears throat> Going back up the chat box. <clears throat> so, willingness to learn, willingness to accept change says, Hey, Sensei Ui Tang, glad to catch you live, Adam. Uh, well, welcome, my friend. I don't know who you are, but, but welcome. I must say, Ian Keister says, dropping in, dropping in a queue for laters. Okay. Just making sure I get that. So, okay, and then Rami says, hope I'm not late. Yeah, good to see you, Rami. Uh, Rami Murat says, Adam, when is the video coming? So for those of you that have not heard, 
What is a Man, the short film I've been working on for the past two months, will be premiering next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, 4th of December, 10 a.m. Australian Central Daylight Time, which for those of you in the U.S., which will be 6.30 p.m. Tuesday in New York, 3.30 p.m. Tuesday in L.A., and 11.30 p.m. Tuesday in the U.K. But I will be doing, I'll be setting up the premiere thing after this. So you'll get a notification. Make sure you guys tap the bell on my channel when you subscribe in that little subscribe box so you get the notification when it's coming out and that you can actually set a reminder for when the premiere happens so you won't get fucked around time zones. So that'll be next Wednesday. The full thing will be dropping. So excited. So excited. You'll get to chat with me in the live chat box. You'll be able to uh, watch it live with me for the first time as it gets published. So that's amazing. So anyways, uh, Ian Kaiser goes on to say, next question here. How do you go about executing on an interaction when you cannot be really direct? I, okay, he has not a lot of context there. So he goes on, there's more coming down under that. So he goes, I frequently find myself around girls that I know on first name basis, but I'm attracted to, and I'm attracted to, but I don't have enough of relationship to the point where I feel like I can be direct about asking them out without coming out of nowhere. Okay, so... What Ian's talking about here is girls that are in his social circle. He's not talking about cold approach. First name basis, and uh, he's attracted to them, but he just doesn't know how to spice it up. So I've got an entire podcast on this, Ian, called How to Get Sexual with Female Friends. It's a decent potter. It's a decent potter. If you want more, in, more depth on that, because I want to get to, I won't spend too long on this, but there's a whole podcast on that, so I'd refer you to that. But just here for you now to bring you some value is this, is that when it's a girl, you you will never go wrong. Let me say this. You can never go wrong being direct with a girl that you are within your social circle. Uh, I learned this a long time ago. And that's actually my advice in that podcast, which is that, you know, you got to go that a lot of girls are just waiting for you to step up. And I mentioned, I mentioned this before, actually, with one of my clients who is like, a girl said to him, he's like, listen, you know, when she recognized he was transforming himself, it wasn't the you know the nice guy that she thought he was anymore anyway. And she's like, you know, it wasn't my choice that we were friends. You know, it was you. You're the one who you know, put us in the friend zone. That type of thing. A lot of girls are just waiting for you to step the fuck up, right? And that would love for you to just say to them, "Listen, Jenny, I've been fucking up, right?" And obviously, this is going to require legitimate social calibration and savviness, which can only be trained by going out there. And as I said at the beginning of this, Potter. Uh, doing so you will understand and if you never do you never understand never do never do and you never understand i fucking love that so so you'll need to be actually able to read is this girl actually attracted to me which you will never understand unless you actually get in front of many different girls and learn what that feels like on a fundamental core basis but let's say you do have that skill set and you are picking up on the vibe that this girl is actually attracted to you well then all you need to do is front up and step up and go listen i've been fucking up Hey, I'm feeling something between you and I. How do you feel about green tea and chill? How do you feel about an adventure in the mall? Let's meet up. Let's meet up, you know? And you just make it direct. The invitation itself. You do not need to stay to her. It's like, listen, I think you're absolutely gorgeous. I think you're absolutely beautiful. That's what we need to do in cold approach because we need to separate ourselves in a very short period of time from salesmen, charity men, Saturday men, <laughs> uh, any other person that we don't want to be associated with. But if you're in social circle here, 
that pressure's not on you. So just by merely offering a direct invitation to a girl and just acknowledging that you're fucked up, that I've been fucking up, right? This I've done this with several girls back in the day when I used to, when I was overcoming my transitionary period of being a Mr. Nice Guy to just being that good guy who's standing by his principles, being direct. There was a lot of girls that I realized, oh, fuck, I was actually really attracted to that girl, but I'm not sure if she ever really knew. So number one, say to her, acknowledge her. Yeah, I was fucking up. I don't know what the hell was wrong with me. But now I'm feeling something between you and I. So if you're keen, let's chill. Let's adventure in the mall. 5 p.m. Saturday, Sunday. What works with it? What's what works better for you? Right? That direct invitation is more than enough to send the message to the girl. You don't need to, uh, in the Japanese way, confess your love. You do not need to confess your love at that point. But it is all predicated on one thing, Mr. Kaister. Kaister son. And it's predicated on that you can actually read attraction and you can actually read uh, whether this girl is into you or not, which I have. I recently did an entire social Q&A on this. Uh, I think I spoke a lot about it on how to read a woman's body language. It's a few Q&As back. But anyways, that should answer that. So uh, the willingness to learn guy, I don't know who he is. His username is far too long for me to read out. Uh, Jesus, you got to shorten that one up. Uh, he, <laughs> he says to me, uh, humble to have you on. Long time follower, short time leader. Creating is fun in capitals. What happened with the girls you number closed at your infield videos? What? <laughs> None of what you just said made sense at all. Like in relation to each other. Uh, I, listen, I appreciate that you've been here for a while. Uh, creating is fun. But yep, sure is. What happened with the girls you number closed at the end of your infield videos? Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. So, I mean, we'll be here all day. So, what do you mean? Like, well, it's, it's, like, it's like asking, I, I don't even know how to answer that question. What happened? It's like, well, we went out on a date. I get, you know, some, you know, some, some not. That's how it goes. I don't, but it's so general. I mean, this question is confusing to me. It doesn't even make sense. There's actually one infield video that I've been waiting to talk about what happened afterwards. It's the day game session three one. I wanted to give it a little bit more time because a day three, a day two that I went out on a girl from that video was one of the most toxic girls I've ever met in my life. But anyways, that's for another time. So uh, anyways, moving down. Uh, da, 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 da. Moving forward. Okay. <laughs> Rami Murad says, Rami goes, God damn it, Jeffrey. Fucking Jeffrey. There we go. Chikard says, Lameo, Adam. Adam, that was... Wait, what? Hang on. Lameo, comma. Adam, that one was for the last Q&A potter. Helped me a lot with being present in my sexual experiences. Ah, uh, no worries, shucks. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That was in response to his uh, super chat. And, uh, oi, Abi, Prince Abi is up in here saying, sup, coach. Good to see you, my friend. I hope you're doing well up in, uh, up in Niagara Falls. Yes, not Viagra Falls, which is how I used to pronounce it. <laughs> I'm being serious. When I was in, uh, when I was in, uh, primary school, I used, I thought it, I legitimately thought it was called Viagra Falls. I delivered a presentation to my year seven class on the Viagra Falls. <laughs> no joke. It was my mom who had to correct me on that one. So good to see you, my friend. Good to see you up in here. 
Rami says neck Wednesday, baby, with the with a few cute emojis there. Don't mind that. Ooh, Tyrone Chris Abud goes, hello. Good to see you, my friend. Welcome. I shall say. NC comes in saying, I have my first fight tonight. How do I stay calm leading up to it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, NC. That's amazing. That's awesome. If you're still in this chat, what do you fight? Is it mixed martial arts? Are you, uh, is it Taekwondo? Is it wrestling? Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Are you doing that Jiu-Jitsu? Are you kickboxing? Are you, are you bare knuckle boxing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I want to know. I want to fucking know. That's exciting. So, uh, listen, I can't give you any experience. I've never been in a professional fight. I've never been in a professional fight, so I will not sit here and pretend to tell you what I did, you know, because I only speak on my experiences because uh, I have not been in a professional fight. However, I have been in many non-professional, well, let's not say many. I've been in a couple non-professional fights that had some build-up. Uh, I, that's probably the only thing I can... Listen, I could. I, there's two ways I can take this for UNC. I can give you the principles that I use to prep my clients with, to help them deal with their nerves, to help calm them down before they're going out uh, to meet girls. Because, I, because, you know, listen, some people might think like, how could you compare the anxiety of going out for the first time at night to your first ever fight? I would say the anxiety... And listen, I have not been in a professional fight, so I can't say for sure. But I would, if I had to guess, I would say the anxiety of a first-timer who's never done cold approach before, who's going to go out at night for the first time, I would say that anxiety is probably more intense than someone's first fight. And the reason why I say that is because someone, no one goes into a professional fight unless you're fucking, uh, unless you're Matt Brown, right? <laughs> Unless you're Matt Brown from the UFC, who I'm pretty sure did do this. You've had months of training. Going up into your first fight, whether it be jiu-jitsu, whether it be mixed martial arts, whatever, you've got a coach, you've got a team, you've got a dojo, you've been training for months and months. If you're a first-time newbie going for cold approach, who has never met an attractive girl's entire life, who at the very idea of going up to a random attractive girl makes him throw up, I have dealt with this. I have had guys on boot camp that have barbecue breakdowns. That term was invented by Jordan and I because of guys that within the first hour of going out at night would have psychological breakdowns to the point where they were crying. Right? That is real. And we had to take them back to the apartment and calm them down because they had, they had existen- they were having an existential crisis. They were questioning their, 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 the, the cloth, the, the threading of their being because of how intense it was to go out into a jacked nightclub and walk these streets with these dime pieces. And so the reason why I mentioned this is that, listen, you can debate with me as to whether which one's going to have more anxiety. I'm going to say the guy actually just from my experience, I can't say for sure because I've never been on the other end with the fighting, but let me say this. What I do to help those guys could definitely apply. Would def- And it's what I would do with myself if I was going to it, which is, Oh, is it, I'm trying to, I want to take the most cross-appliable thing. The most cross-appliable thing is definitely baby stepping, right? Baby stepping and awareness of the moment at hand, which is, listen, I can't do anything for a guy at night. I can't do anything for him once he actually, once he actually gets in front of the girl, because that's just it. Then once he's in front of the girl, he's in front of the girl. What I can do to help alleviate his nerves and good, good question, actually, because of the nerves and awkwardness of this uh, topic. 
what I can do to help him manage his nerves on the way to meeting the girl, stepping out of the apartment, the hotel, the Airbnb, right, going up into the club, etc. And that's when actually he's most nervous. It's in the, those moments leading up to it where he's about to cry, where he's about to throw up, where he's about to shit his pants, right? Legitimately. <laughs> the thing that I help him with is baby stepping and an awareness of the moment at hand. Baby stepping. And if you're coming into a fight, which is the end, or you can just uh, approach this with you. Just take what I'm saying here and approach, uh, apply it to what your process is, which is that our process is so simple. It is so easy that anyone could get it done. Right, I set his criteria for success so low that anyone could win. Anyone could get this done. I do not prime this guy who's never done this before and has all-time levels of nerves and anxiety with grand ideas of, yeah, get in with this guy, see these dime pieces, go straight up to them, yeah, pull her in, yeah, start making out dancing with her, yeah, bring her into the bathroom, have sex with her there, or bring her back to the apartment, pull her there. Right, no, none of that. The only expectation I set with this guy is that you're going to open your mouth, right? That's all you're going to do. We're just going to open your mouth. And so through the baby stepping process, it alleviates a lot of pressure. Now, if you were to take that into uh, going to your first fight, right? I would imagine, and listen, I, I'm very deep in the mixed martial arts world. I really keep up with it. And not, but again, I will not pretend and say that I've been through this myself, but I know that depending on when you're fighting on the fight card, uh, if it's your first fight, you're probably fighting on very early because generally speaking, main event's going to come later on in the night. But even so, you're going to have you're going to have time today. You're going to have time when you arrive at the venue. You're going to have time when you're wrapping your hands, when you're uh, getting warmed up, etc. And if I was your coach, if I was even just there as a mental coach for you, the only thing I'll be having you focus on is by lowering your criteria for success and that anyone who's going into a fight, whether it's professional or non-professional, is that... If you're not ready at this point, nothing you will do within the next hour will make you ready. So relax. Relax. All you're going to be able to do is rise to your level of training. So trust in the training that you've done. Rise to the level of what you have prepared yourself for and go out on your shield with that. So I would prep. If I was there with a fighter tonight who was on his first fight, I'll be preparing. This would be the thing I'll be saying in his ear is that you are not going to be able to do anything more than you are currently capable of. So relax. All that means is go out on your shield. You've done what you can. Okay? Your criteria for success tonight is just doing what you can. All I want you to do is what you can. I don't need you to go out there and finish this in the first round. I don't need you to go out there and force this guy to tap in the third. I don't need you to, to implement this, this submission. I don't need you to do any of this stuff. I don't even need you. I don't need you to win. I don't care about the, the judge's decision making. I don't care about you getting the knockout. All I care about is you just bring the best of what you've trained for, right? And so be it. If that means that you get finished in the first five seconds or it's a three-round war that goes to the judge's decision and you lose it then, it doesn't matter. As long as you can come back to this locker room and say that, hey, I did what I could. I did what I could. And that right there is analogous to what I do with my guys out on the street, whether it be in the day or the night, which is that I'm not setting them up with grand ideas, grand criteria for success. The success for a guy who's going out for the first time at night is just that he even gets out there, speaks to one to five people, just opens his mouth, opens his mouth, right? Criteria for success, so damn low. For you, my friend, 
it's like your first, it's your first fight. You are only going to be able to rise to your level of training, and that largely extends to where you're, uh, you're going to be 20 fights in. You're going to be 20 fights in, I'll be saying the same thing too. Right? There's nothing that's going to change. There is nothing that you can do within the next 5, 10 hours before your fight that will radically alter your performance. Right? You are, when you get inside that, it, whatever ring you're fighting within, whether it's a cage, a ring, a mat, whatever you're doing, uh, all you're going to be switched on to is what have I done for the past three months, past six months, whatever, how long you've been training for. So with that, you can relax. Just go, hey, is what it is. Let me do what I can and we'll see what we can do. And if you can take that, I talked about before, baby stepping, criteria for success and baby stepping, that's that's all I'll do with you mentally. Right? And uh, I, I mentioned before that, there was, there was one time where there was a big fight I was supposed to get into in high school where the entire high school pretty much came out to watch. And uh, I was really nervous for that one. Um, <laughs> I was so nervous for that one. Uh, this, is a, this is getting off on a bit of a tangent. I want to answer a few more questions before I have to run off here. But let me just abbreviate this, which is that when I was in year 10, there was a year nine who was mouthing off. And uh, we mentioned his name. It's all under the bridge now, but... Uh, there was it was building for weeks and weeks, and it was he. I was fighting. I was supposed to fight him because he had said something about one of my friends, and and it just somehow blew up into this thing that now Adam was going to be fighting this guy who was in a year level younger than me. He's about my size, but a bit of a rough guy as well. And uh, it had been building all week, and it'd be you know, every time we crossed each other in the schoolyard. And by the way, this is not like my school; it's like a big school. There's a lot of people here, and. Oh, the girls fucking love it though. The girls love it. And this was the same time as Fire Club as well. So they knew that like, they knew that this was gonna be a cracker. And uh and shout out to Roy. Roy will remember this. And I remember I remember going into drama class. And we go to drama class, F block, shout out to Maryville. And I remember uh shout out to Simone, who's uh at the time and she knows she was a dime piece then, still is now. And I remember her coming to Adam, are you getting into a, are you going to be fighting? Are you getting into a fight with that kid? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, really? And she's like, fuck, uh, girls fucking love it. I don't condone it, but girls get a high off of it for sure. It's very primal. But anyway, so the other reason why I want to bring this up is because I was shitting myself the night before this fight. And this was my first ever like scheduled, like where people knew at, 5 p.m. Wednesday after school, we're all going to meet at this park and I'm going to fight this guy. This is like the first time I'd ever really done this. This Like in Fight Club, uh, you know, the back oval, that was all fun. We all liked each other. This was like a real aggressive thing though. And so I remember the night before, this is the only reason I'm offering this is because I have not been in a professional fight, but just off NC dealing with nerves. Uh, I remember the night before I was on the phone with one of my friends and, uh, and I remember him telling me something real similar. Not that he'd been a, he's not a professional fighter either, but he's like, I remember I was really nervous. I was like talking about all the different scenarios about what happens when it goes to the ground. What's his striking going to be like? I'm going to keep my space, you know, all these different things, my different game plans, my different strategies. He's like, Adam, relax. He's like, relax. There's no, it's tomorrow. There's nothing you're going to do between now and tomorrow that's going to alter this fight. So just fucking rock up and starch him, you know, and just, just have a, have a bit of fun. Like that was like his, his, his mentality behind me. And I remember that really reassured me. So whatever, what actually happened is that the fight didn't actually go down. We, we rocked up and a lot of people fucking rocked up. This is at Maysbury Park. 
just outside the high school. So this is like after school on a Wednesday, people from other year levels had rocked up. It's like probably anywhere between 60, 70 people outside of real, like packing this small side street with this park. And I remember him standing, he was already standing there in the, on the, on the park. Like this it's pretty, it's only like, it's not a large park. He was standing there. All these people were there. People from the year levels above me were there and they were all like ready for this fight. And I rocked up and I was like shitting myself, like walking up. When I say shitting myself, I mean like so nervous. Like my heart was pumping out. Like I was excited, but, but like, I cannot believe how excited I am. Like to the point where I'm like, is this, is this really happening? I mean, so I walk up there and I see him there. He's more scared than I am. When I rock up into this park and he's already standing there, the look on his face when I rocked up was like, he had gone white. He had gone pale as a ghost. And I rocked up, I chucked my bag on the ground. I'm like, right, let's do this. Fuck it, let's do it. And all these people are like, fuck yeah. Like they're like yelling, they're like screaming. The girls and guys there. And then he's like looking at me. He's like, he's like, I can see the look in his eyes. Like, I don't want to do this. He's like, I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to fight him either. It's just that that was this thing. It just blown up into its thing is that, well, this guy's been talking shit. So I'll put him in his place and he's, he says he's going to beat the shit out of me. So let's see it. And he's like a year level younger than me as well, right? And so I'm like, oh, let's go. And so I walk up to him and I go to engage. I go to grapple because I'm like, in my mind, my strategy for this fight was that, well, this guy doesn't know shit. Like, this guy's not, I, not that I'm that professionally trained, but I'm, I know my way around. I know my way around a double leg. I know my way around, uh, way around a rear naked. I know my way around a kimura. And I can do, and I'm, I've been uh, doing striking ever since I was a kid. So I know what I'm doing here, at least with, in comparison to this guy. And so I walk up to him and he like backs away. He like takes a step back. And the moment I see him take a step back before I've even put my hands on him, I'm like, this is not going to, this is silly. So he's like, he's like, listen, man, I don't know why we're doing I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about everything that's, you know, I don't know what happened here, but he's just like, I'm just apologizing profusely. And then everyone, all these like year 12s and other the up uh, the senpai, the upperclassmen are like, "What? What the fuck's this? What are you doing, you pussy, you bitch?" And I'm like, "Listen, man, if you don't want to fight me, it's okay. It's okay." And it's like, "All right, fuck, fuck, fuck." And he just he gets his bike, he gets his back, and he runs off. But that that was the closest to a scheduled, organized thing. Anyways, the same lesson though, which is that you're not going to be able to do anything in between now and your fight. So just relax, have a time, you'll learn. Okay. And also take pride in the fact that in the quote, do it and you'll understand. Never do it and you'll never understand. You're about to understand, my friends. So good luck on your fight tonight. That's amazing. Enjoy. Enjoy. And uh, if you get any, uh, if you have someone film it, send me some, send me some footage. I'd love to see that. So uh, just send it to me on the gram. How do we tank one? So my friends, we have gone, we're not well over time, but we are over time here. So I do need to dip out. So what I'll do is I'll just go through the chat box. I'll see, I'll just address some of you guys. If there are any more questions that I can answer really quickly, like rapid fire, I will. Otherwise, otherwise we'll hit you up next week. But there are some things that are happening next week with the premiere of the short film. So hang on with that. Um, Nicholas Ruiz is up in here and says, Sup, uh, what if you friend zone her? Can you increase attraction when you friend zone women? I don't understand why you, oh, hold on, he's got more to say here. How do you increase your masculine frame because it's being serious? Is it ending your purpose better than them being playful and funny? Uh, that doesn't really make sense. 
how do you increase your masculine frame because it's being shared? That's definitely not a rapid fire question. So, uh, hmm, interesting. If any of these questions are legit, like really valuable questions, high, really well thought out questions, I might use it for next. I'll often make them for the next time. Otherwise, just shoot me the next time. Alejandro says, hi, Adam. Hello. Uh, Ian Kaiser, thanks for the reference, Adam. I've checked them out, but I'll go back over it. I did watch the How to Build Sexual Attraction Q&A, but I still find myself confused when in an already existing social circle. I have experienced, Alejandro says, I've experienced connection with girls in really brief moments. Usually when other people have been around, I've noticed that I get her scared as I get lost. What? Hang on, that doesn't make any sense at all. I'm just reading this question. Usually when other people have been around. Uh, the part that really scares me is when I know I start to connect, get really present and start talking really slowly. What do you recommend? That's definitely not a rapid fire question. Uh, Nicholas raised this kind of important, but do you believe in the power of nofap? Because do you think it creates attraction? Uh, I think nofap goes against, it depends why. I've got much content. I've got much content on the nofap. It depends on why you're doing it. Nofap is definitely good to uh, cure an addiction. However, it's not a long-term strategy uh, because you are denying your biology and that your biology will overcome you. You will start having wet dreams on Nofap, which you can't control. Uh, you are designed to procreate. You are designed to fap, just not with porn, obviously. So it depends on why you're doing it. Anyways, that was a rapid-fire question. So to the other guys that dropped really kind of uh, Alejandro and uh, I think it was someone else dropped some questions there that just didn't really quite make a lot of sense. Um, but I've got to dip out now anyway, so I, want, I like to give proper time uh, to these questions. So what I'd recommend is that, well, after this live session, I'll go back and read them and see if I can try and understand what you're asking. If not, just come back next week and think about your question a little bit more and just kind of refine it for me. And uh, I'll see if we can get in there. And for that being said, my friends, that is where the session wraps up, but I will just say this before we finish. Uh, if you did enjoy this content, drop me a thumbs up down below. Drop me some uh, feedback on it, but most importantly, number one, Bowl Sip, weekly email newsletter, social dynamics, the death of attraction, she's so cool syndrome, all covered. Before 3.20 p.m. today, you must sign up, boldridge.com. It's free. Email's in there. Also, premiere of the short film next Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be 10 a.m. Australian Central Daylight Time. After this social Q&A goes up, I will be launching the premiere which like, it just puts it in your feed that it will be premiering, which means you can set a notification for it so that you can watch it live with all of us. You can be here in the chat box watching it live for the first time it ever plays. Two months working on this short film on what is a man. And uh, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. So I thank you all, especially for those of you that donated those super chats. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, your engagement is much appreciated as always. And I just thank you guys so much for being here. And I wish you all the best in your journeys. Until next time, much peace and much joy. Ciao. Thank you very much for diving into this episode of Social Q&A live, my friends. If you would like to connect with me, the best place to do so is on the gram at uitang1, double O-I-Tang-1. Also, if you missed this live stream but would like to join in on the next one, just on YouTube at The Bowl, every Friday, at least for the foreseeable future, we will be doing this at 10 a.m., Australian Central Standard Time, which is Adelaide time, converted to your city, of course. Now, just before you go as well, don't forget the Bowl Sip weekly free email newsletter is now alive. If you guys would like a quick sip of social dynamics and all the other cool shit I'm exploring before your weekend dive, just head to boldoja.com, drop your email in. There'll be a confirmation email sent to your inbox. Hit yes on that. 
and uh, you receive the very next tip. And I would love your feedback on this episode as well. Whether you want to slide me an email at bulldozer.com, or you want to slide me a DM on the gram or on YouTube, drop a comment, that'll be most appreciated. And of course, this episode is brought to you by bulldozer.com, where you guys can pick up that crash course to kick us day game, get your day game sorted, pair it up with a 30 day challenge, you'll be sweet. Also booking one-on-one Skype coaching, where you guys can dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to create change in your actual life. And if you'd like to become a bowl insider, which gains access to priority messaging, priority session bookings as well, which I cannot do for everyone. It's only for the bowl insiders. You can also book those through the website. And also for those of you that really want to dive in deep and attain the freedom of choice in your day in life, be anywhere and be in any state, see that woman that you're so much attracted to, coconut oil style, <laughs> and be able to bring the best of your 50. And of course, day game foundational boot camps. You can sign up for those at Olat. Now, if you guys would like to donate anything to support this channel, you can do so directly through bulldozer.com. In the podcast section, there's a donate button at the top. You can donate directly from there. Or if you prefer PayPal, there's also paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. All the links are down below. And anything that you guys do contribute, go straight back to the channel. I super appreciate it. I'm very grateful. It blows my mind. So thank you very much. And of course, I'm wishing you all the very best in your life, the very best in your journeys. Thank you so much for being here with me. Much peace and much joy. 